0: first. We need to be the good friend first. You can't just live your life expecting for the, the good people to always be the ones that you're around. You have to be the difference maker. You have to be the good friend first. You have to be the one um, who starts out with that intentionality, right? Today is week two of our series. We're talking about parents. Parents is a tough topic. It's a love-hate relationship for many. Um, It's a love-hate relationship for me at times, and I have great parents and a solid family life. But I'll tell you what, um, part of this that we're going to talk about is what I wish my parents knew, and we'll do a a fun little activity at the end that will hopefully uh, help us all to just get a little bit of a weight off our chest. Um... Diving into this, this, I want you to come at parents from a perspective um, of how God uh, views our relationship with them. My slides are a little jumbled, I think, because I've gone back and forth with this message a few times, and it can go a lot of different ways. But let's start with this idea of honor and respect, as I'm sure you've heard. First off, uh, though, before I get too far ahead of myself, don't think of parents as just uh, your mom and your dad. Okay, because I know that there might be people in the room who don't have a great relationship with their mom and their dad, who might not have a mom and a dad, who might not have either. Um, so think of parents in a few different ways. It could be someone in authority in your life that you view as your, your guardian, your counselor, your mentor. And it could, um, it could be someone who you've, you've stepped into their life as like an adopted child, right? So there's a lot of different ways that you can view parents. And just try to keep an open mind as we walk through this. And I'll do my best to look at it from multiple angles and not just uh, the generic nuclear family. Um, First off, honor and respect. You've probably heard the Bible verse that says, honor your father and mother. For sure. Good thing. What does that mean? Um, It's not always that simple to just honor your father and mother. Um, That's... Pulls out of the Old Testament, and when Moses came down from the mountain with his tablets of the Ten Commandments that he gave him, that he gave uh, the Israelites, with this idea that uh, the Israelites would would do the right thing, that they would always treat their kids the right way, that they would always teach them the right things to do, that they would tell them what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, but. Um, If you read any of the Old Testament, you might come to the realization that the Israelites weren't quite that smart. They didn't do all the right things. They did the wrong things, just as we do. They stepped away from holiness. They stepped away from God. And so we're left with this broken divide of what honor and respect can look like in our culture when parents don't love Jesus, when parents don't follow God, when parents don't speak God's will into your life. But we can honor and respect those in authority over us only through the Holy Spirit. Because ultimately, whether you have perfect parents or not, and I would say that my parents, um, despite not being perfect, um, many people might look at my upbringing and my family life as quote-unquote perfect, but I still need the Holy Spirit to show honor and respect towards them because they have hurt me in ways that they might not understand. There are things that I wish they knew about me that they've never asked or I've never told them. And then the last point on that list there is that it's not easy. So as we walk through this message on honor, as we walk through this message on obedience and what's pleasing to God and how we live in wisdom and favor with God, I don't expect any of you to feel like, oh, yeah, I got that. It's easy. I expect a lot of you to be like, wow, this is a process and it's really hard. Loving God and loving other people, especially when when they are your family, is like bleh, so difficult it's the one area that I guarantee you almost every adult in this room can say that they have they have all equally been challenged to at uh, what it means to love their family really well, what it means to honor their parents, what it means to um just love their parents or forgive their parents. Let's go to that next one, Graham, okay, so two verses here that we pulled from um in preparation for some of this message, is Colossians 3.20, which just says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So basically, you do what they ask, and it makes God happy. Um, Down here is Proverbs 3.4, which, for those of you who do come from a God-honoring family and can trust that the things your parents ask you to do, such as maybe, like, pick up your room, do your laundry, do your homework, you know, those easy tasks that... You can obey them and trust that that pleases the Lord. And then you can believe that that you will find favor in that. So the thing that I want you to catch on to when it comes to honor, respect, and living um, with a heart of humility and forgiveness is that uh, although it's really hard that we need the Holy Spirit, there is so much goodness on the other side of being able to have a soft heart to those around us. There is so much blessing. There is literally, the Bible says right there, Proverbs 3, 4, you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So despite the challenge that we're up against, and it is a challenge, we have this truth and promise to hang on to that as we face it, we can trust that we will find favor in the eyes of God and and man. And that will look different for everyone. Let's go to the next one, God Graham. I just called you God, I think, but I didn't mean to. Just Graham. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I've made this little chart for you. This is uh, how I'd like us to look at God's order of authority. Number one, God's order for authority. We're all accountable to God. Straight up. Your parents are. You are. Everyone is accountable to God. Your pastor is, as in Pastor Dave. I am. Your leaders are. We're all accountable to God. That's our first source of authority. And so everything that comes following that needs to come with that in mind, that what I'm doing needs to be honoring to God. How I respond needs to be honoring to God. Whether or not I forgive, I need to be coming at it with the intention that I honor God with my actions, what I do with my heart, and with my mind. All the things that I'm thinking in these situations with grace. Secondly is our parents with the arrow intentionally because I think that there's a flip-flop that can happen here. If you come from a family that doesn't maybe look normal and or come from a family that doesn't believe in Jesus and you believe in Jesus, that you fully walk in the truth, that he died on the cross to save you from your sins, and that you want to get to know him better, you get to experience this flip flop of spiritual fathers and mothers. And that specifically comes from a passage in 1 Corinthians 14 um, that we'll get to in just a minute where... Uh, The Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Romans and Acts, the ones that we learned a lot about here in this past semester, fathered individual believers and called them his sons. It's like a mentor in in the faith. It's like um, Pastor Dave speaks into my life from time to time, shares with me different things and different ways that I can grow, that I can learn. He's, in a way, a spiritual father to me. Does that make sense? So, you might have like your biological parents, your adopted parents, but then we have opportunities for spiritual fathers and mothers around us. And for many of you, this could look just like your youth leader. Look at you have Joe and Jason sitting right next to each other. Perfect example. Jason can be a spiritual father towards Joe, despite the fact that his dad's in the same room and totally loves Jesus. Jason can still pour into Joe's life and share with him the gospel. Different, how to respond in different situations. What it means to honor his dad when he's angry, he has someone he can go to and have those conversations. So I'm encouraging you, if you don't have a mentor, a spiritual father or mother, reach out to your leader. If your leader feels like they have way too much going on, they'll reach out to me. And we'll find you someone that wants to pour into your life and teach you more about Jesus and how to respond to different situations. Okay? Okay. But there's, there's very much value and wisdom in having accountability and openness with someone who knows more than you, someone who's lived longer than you, and someone who really wants to see you succeed. That's the key word there. Is your, your youth leaders, myself included, Jessica included, we want to see you succeed, both spiritually and in life. If you wanted to, um, if you had a question about, um, let's say, for example, like a job. If you had a question about a job, you just need some advice. I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, go talk to someone else because I just want you to succeed spiritually because that's all we talk about here. No, we want to see you exceed in all areas of life. Do you agree with me and believe me? All right, we won't digress any further. Let's go to this next point. So Matthew 18, 1 through 5, Jesus lays out um, this idea before the disciples. He's been teaching, doing his thing. And he says, uh, if you have a New International Version Bible, NIV, um, the paraphrase of the passage on top says, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And that's why many people call children the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It says, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called the little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. What, what does that mean? That's how I often think when I, when I read stuff like that. He's like, oh, become like a little child or be born again, like these dichotomies in our mind that don't seem possible. But the thing that I noticed the most about a little child, um, I have one in the back. You got to see her earlier. I made my own person. Um, she's a very little child, so we haven't experienced all of her yet. But the one thing that you really noticed quickly about children, and you guys are like really no longer children. You're kind of in the tween age, some of you younger ones, but children maybe to your parents but to most of society you're like very very short of an adult like you get to do almost everything adults do except you don't have the responsibility <laughs> mm-hmm. children are incredibly innocent up till age 4 or 5 and even still beyond that incredibly innocent and many of you still hold some of that in- innocence And the Holy Spirit can make us innocent again if we've made mistakes, fallen short. But guys, innocent to the point that like, my daughter wakes me up four or five times a night sometimes. Just crying because she wants to be held. That's kind of manipulative, right? She just cries because she wants to be held. She wants me to rock her to sleep. That's kind of manipulative, right? Like, think about it. Isn't that kind of manipulative? She knows what she wants. If she gets it, then she goes back to sleep. Would you call that the definition of manipulation? I would call it the definition of manipulation in some ways, but it's really not because she's actually just a little baby and she has no idea the sacrifice that it takes in my own life to provide that need for her. She's innocent in that way. She doesn't see beyond her own needs and desires. But secondly, children are incredibly teachable. We have this, uh, we don't really let our baby watch TV, but every once in a while she watches this one thing on TV and it always goes, oh, yay. She started clapping. I never showed her how to clap. Jessica never showed her how to clap. All of a sudden she starts clapping. Children, babies, you guys, we're all incredibly teachable in our young years. But even more so in the very young years because you basically learn something every day. One day you're learning how to clap. The next day you're learning how to talk. The next day you're learning how to walk, crawl. You learn things so fast. So what Jesus says here when he says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like a little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you become innocent and teachable like little children, unless you understand that you really can't do it on your own, that we really can't love and honor and respect our parents on our own, that we really can't make it in this life on our own, How will we ever understand what it means when Jesus dies on the cross just to free us from our sins? Guys, that's too complex for our minds to comprehend. One guy dies, we all get to be saved just because he never did anything wrong? Does it actually make sense that just one person could die for all of us, for all of humanity, for all of the people that already died and all of the people that will die in the future? It sounds weird when you say it like that, but, like, those are the things that I think about. Those are the things that I'm like, wait a second. Does that really make sense? But if you have the faith of a child, if you have the innocence, the teachability, and just the ability to not overcomplicate something that God intended to be simple, it can all make sense. And we know this to be true because of the way our hearts and the Holy Spirit in us resounds to the truth. The idea of of a conscience we talked about earlier on, and I'm really going off on this tangent, but I want you to kind of catch it. The idea of the conscience or the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you really helps to negate whether something's true or false. If you're willing to like get into the Bible to surround yourself with truth enough, all of a sudden you'll be able to pinpoint what's not true and what's true. Because when I put it like that, it kind of sounded crazy. But did you stop believing it? No. Because you knew it to be true in your spirit. Because the Holy Spirit in you allowed you to experience that truth. Right? And that's really important. So, We're all meant to live with the innocence of a child and to learn to have a teachable spirit. For some of us who have come from backgrounds that um, are more extreme, maybe you don't have parents, maybe your parents abused you in some way, maybe they abandoned you in some way, physically, emotionally, I don't know. Maybe God took your parent from you sooner than you wanted them to go. Not that you would ever want them to go, but sooner than they should have gone. They didn't get to live a whole life with you. It's really easy to have a calloused heart. It's really easy to dwell on the circumstances that you've been given and to keep from allowing yourself to experience that innocence of a child. So as we continue to unpack this tonight, and not for a ton longer, but we're, we're going to unpack it again next week a little bit further. And in your small groups, I really need you to be willing to have these conversations if you want to experience um, the tenderness that the Holy Spirit can bring in your own life. It's a free gift. It's right there in front of us. He can help our hearts to feel tender again. He can help us to experience love from people around us again. He can make you open to the idea that I'm even saying this right now because it sounds so far-fetched in your mind because of the circumstances and the things that you're dealing with. But it's not just me asking you to do it. I'm not, I'm not asking you to be intentional and to be open. I'm asking you to be open to what God wants to do through this opportunity and time that we have together. Graham, you can slide over to that next one. So, I want to do a little bit of... Uh, I want you to trust me, I guess, is what I want you to do. Kind of like, oh, how did he get to this point? Yeah, I know, it's. It fell in there. Let me Let me tie the two together for you. Becoming like a child takes intentional faith. We have to be willing to... Um. let the Holy Spirit into our hearts. We have to be willing to listen to his voice. We have to be willing to step into the word. We have to be willing to be humble. But when I look at when I look at authority figures in the Bible and I look at different people who came over, uh, you look at Moses over Joshua, you look at David over his son Solomon, you look at um, even Joseph, Joseph over Jesus, having the ability and humility to teach him. All of these different uh, parent relationships—you have Naomi teaching Ruth how to be a woman of God. Over and over again, there's one thing that's that's displayed, and it's humility and openness with the person that's that's teaching them, that's mentoring, that's coming alongside them. So I'm asking you to trust me in this way. What do you wish your parents knew about your life? Let's give you I'll give you an example. Um I really wish that I would have spent more one on one time with my parents. And I would never tell them that because I think they've sacrificed so much already. maybe you were abused by a friend and you wish you could tell someone about it, whether that be your biological parents, a spiritual parent. maybe you were maybe you maybe you stole something that your parents never knew about. maybe you cheated on a test. I don't really know. It's kind of different for every one of us. And you can go as deep as you want or as chill as you want. But what I'm what I'm asking you to do is kind of trust me with this one. Because I really think that the Holy Spirit wants to give us an opportunity to connect the intentionality and openness that we have with our parents. And I think that the hardest thing for me in coming to this realization that I needed to be more open with the people around me, with my parents, with my spiritual mentors, was the humility to put into writing the things that I was feeling. Because I couldn't really speak it out loud. I didn't really know how to phrase it, but I just needed to put it into writing so that it was out of my heart, out of my mind, or even just able to share with someone. This openness that we can experience offers a lot of growth, but the humility that it takes you to admit where you're at or to share something that you know might hurt the other person or challenge you to grow or put tension within a relationship, humility is always our greatest asset as believers. Humility is always our greatest asset as we seek to find common ground with one another, with our parents, with our spiritual and authority figures, whatever it is. Humility kind of just brings it all back. So I'm asking you to be humble, right? Um, And I'm asking you to try this with me, okay? I think that there's an opportunity to experience some freedom both in our small group discussion but also just by by doing this really quick can i have a couple leaders help me um so we have sticky notes up here the question is what i wish what do you wish or what do i wish my parents knew there's some pens make sure you have lots of them blue sticky notes go to boys red sticky notes go to girls just because <laughs> I have pink ones or red ones. Okay, what you're going to do is write this on there. You don't have to show anybody else. If you feel like you need to like hide it while you write it or stand up and stand in a different spot, that's totally fine. Write down what you w- would put on that sticky note, and then Jessica is going to stand at the back, and you're just going to drop them on her. Don't put your name on it. So two things are going to happen with the sticky notes. One, Jessica and I want to, like, personally pray over each of your relationships with your parents, okay? But secondly, in the coming weeks, we're talking about, like, heavy stuff. We're talking about dating, sex. We're talking about what happens when we sin against the people around us. I just want to know where you guys are at because I really, really... I just want to be able to, like, know who's in the room and, like, what we're going through where we're at. Does that make sense? Do you trust me? Just trust me with this one, okay? I promise. Good can come from it. So just write down that thing on your sticky note, and then we're going to head to small groups, and we're going to come right back to the sticky notes next week, Okay? It doesn't make sense. These two-part messages that happen in 25, 30 minutes are really hard. (laughs) But it's going to be good, okay? Let me just pray over the room really quick. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come into your presence. We thank you for those around us. And we just thank you for um, your Holy Spirit that's with us. God, we're just humbled to be in your presence. We're humbled to be in this room. We love you, Jesus. Let me just say um, one more thing. As I'm praying, I'm just getting a little more clarity onto uh, this. For those of you who have been um, hurt by your parents, abused by your parents, physically, emotionally, whatever, whatever, this is maybe, like, easy to check out and not really hear. Respect your parents. Obey your parents. Whether it looks like a spiritual mentor or something differently. To, in order to, to receive that favor and that blessing, it doesn't just mean that you have to have good parents and obey the things they say. It's, it's our, the attitude of our heart What I was talking about, having a soft heart, being willing to have humility. It's the attitude of forgiveness, of gratitude. I was talking to my wife before um, we came up here, and she has a much more dynamic family than I did. And honestly, it's really easy for the enemy to allow hate to live in your heart and in your mind for a long time towards your parents, towards your family. But we have to come to a place where we're willing to forgive them for the things that they may have done to us. And you don't have to, to love to be around them. You don't have to love that, that they were in your life instead of someone else. You just have to be willing to be grateful that your mom, that your dad, that they loved you enough in the, in the season that you were being born that they kept you. Because the reality is, for a lot of kids out there, they didn't even get to, like, breathe because their parent decided that they weren't worth it before they were even born. So even if it just takes the gratitude to know that your parent kept you in this world, that gave you the chance to breathe, that gave you the chance to hear about Jesus tonight, that could maybe just be the gratefulness the thankfulness, and just a way that you can honor them in your mind, even just tonight. But I'm going to let you guys go to small groups. I really don't want to keep you any longer. Um, So thank you for doing that sticky note challenge, Um, and Jessica's going to grab those, and I promise we're going to come right back to them. It'll make so much sense next week, so don't miss out. Thank you, guys.